Praise the Lord. So today is the first week that our, uh, we've done our first week of full fasting for the uh, 21-day fast. So praise God, only two more to go. So it's like... I'm going to tear up some In-N-Out Burger and <laughs> all that when we're done. So uh, hopefully everybody's still doing really good on their fast and stuff. We're, uh, we're fasting for good reasons, though, to see growth in the church, to find God's heart, uh, his purpose for this year, and for some things in our lives and our families and stuff. And so I want to remind you guys to come out on... Uh, Tuesday night, Tuesday night we have our prayer meeting. We had a pretty good crowd this past Tuesday, but we could have more. And uh, if, you, if you can't make it around 7 o'clock for 30 minutes to an hour, we usually pray about an hour, find a place maybe in your house or you know, out in your car. You know, it'd be dark, no one can see you. And uh, join with us, you know, so we can just, as a group, as a body, we can join together for the needs of the church and be in unity and praying for, for this year and stuff. So if you guys could do that, that would be great. If not, like I said, come on out and be with us in the prayer meeting. Um, there's power in prayer. There's power in unity. And there's a lot of breakthroughs that happen when you can get into a place and people can lay hands on you. You can seek God and you can just sit in his presence and, and soak in his presence. There's changes that can happen in your life that will happen in your life if you'll make that effort, guys. So praise the God. Um, God has a threefold mission. First in uh, John 3, 16, it was for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son to die on a cross to redeem man, to bring man back into fellowship and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the second part of that, he says in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life and he wants you to connect with that plan and that purpose in Jesus Christ. And then he says in Matthew 28, uh, the great commission, he goes, go into all the world, reaching and teaching and preaching and uh, making disciples of all men and uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God's got a plan for us all to come together, to get in God's mission, to reach out to the community, to the lost, those guys that are dying and going to hell outside these walls. He wants us to reach out. He has a mission for us. And I want to talk to you guys today about the mission matters. Jesus Christ was on a mission to save mankind. He came from the Father to touch those that were lost. Jesus came to save the lost. He paid the price in full. No discounts, no coupons. He paid everything for you and me, guys, because he loves man. Saving man from their sins on the cross, Jesus fulfilled his purpose. And us guys as a church, for us to, to, our individual purpose to be fulfilled, we must engage in the mission of Christ for this community, for this time that we live in. The Great Commission is found in Matthew 28, and it says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in, in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I command you and have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, guys, God's got a mission plan for everyone's life. And it's to get involved in the Great Commission. For our church to grow, guys, this year, we got, we got to get involved. We got to embrace God's commission to go out and touch the lost. There's a problem, though. There's some churches and pastors and people that don't want to get involved in the Great Commission. They don't want to be a part of God's plan in reaching out to the lost. They want to do their own thing. They, they have their own agendas. See, guys, God's mission uh, to, get, uh, to be a part of God's mission plan for our lives, guys, it requires submission in our lives, a surrendering of my will to his will, guys. Jesus said this in Luke 22. Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. 
Seeing the purpose and mission of God's plan for our life, it's not our will, it's his will be done. Not yours, but his, guys. Jeremiah tells us that God's got a plan for everybody's life, a mission plan, if we'll surrender to it and, and give our lives to his plan and his purpose for our lives. When we do our own will, guys, we mess it up. We screw things up. We get it all out of order, and we get off course. And to get back on course on that mission plan, guys, we got to be willing to surrender our lives. See, surrender doesn't mean I'm weak. In the world, surrender, waving the white flags, means you're being conquered, you're being taken over. It means you basically you are weak. But see, in Christ, when I raise the white flag, I'm saying to Christ in my spirit that, Lord, I realize I can't do it on my own. I'm surrendering my will, my way to you because I know you can fix the situation. And when I surrender, when I'm weak, the Bible says he is made strong. When I can surrender my life, I can lay and I can be broken before the Lord. He can do miracles in my life because he's the master potter. He can take the clay of my life, the broken pieces that I've messed up by getting involved in things and stuff. He can take it and mold it and shape it and make it whole again. There's a slogan in the world that says, um, it's all about me, that's kind of made its way into the church. And that's a selfish statement, guys, because it implies it's all about you and all about what you want. But the truth of the matter is, it's less about you and more about him. Less of me, Lord, and more of you. When you come to church, it's not about what Christ can do for you, it's about what you can do for Christ. See, guys, if we'll submit and we'll surrender our lives to God, he can, he can fix all those broken situations in our life if we'll be willing to submit and surrender. Jesus says this in Isaiah 55 and 9 in the New King James. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, guys, in the brokenness of our life, if we'll realize that God's higher than our thoughts, his ways are higher than our ways, and he's high and lifted up, he sees the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. He can see where you got off path, where you messed up, where you got your life kind of in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a mess. He's like in a hot air balloon. He's raised, he's high, he's lifted up. He can see the beginning from the end. And if you'll submit and you'll surrender your life to God, he can say, okay, I can take this part of your life, I can move it around here, I can bring this into your life, and I can fix it where you can cross the finish line. Because he's high and he's lifted up and he can see the things in our life that we can't see if we'll just be willing to submit and surrender our wills to his life, guys. What's missing in the church today is the heart of God, his mission, people engaging in the passion of Jesus. People are missing out on the purpose and the fulfillment of God in their lives because they're missing out on that one ingredient that ties everything together. That one thing that gives you a sense of purpose, a sense of fulfillment. See, there was this lady, and she wanted to build a cake, or make a cake, not build a cake. And uh, she was a pretty good cook, so she wanted to make this multi-layer, multi-colored, multi-taste cake. And so she goes, and she works at it, and she puts it together. And finally, at the end of the day, when it was done, she called her family in, and they all came in. And she sliced it up, and they gave them all a piece. And they begin to take a bite of it, and they're all like, mm, mm, something's missing. And she went back, and she looked in her notes, and she found out she left out the sugar. And I don't know about cake, but without sugar, I don't think it's going to be very good. And see, what I mean by that story, guys, is uh, we don't want to leave anything out. We want it all. We want the full flavor of God in our lives. I want everything that God has for me. If I get cake, I want ice cream. If I want coffee, I want cream and sugar, too. I want everything that God has for me, guys. I want the full flavor of God in my life. We want that belonging, that sense of purpose, that sense of fulfillment in our lives. But fulfillment comes when you plug into God's mission, guys we got to plug into what God wants for our lives. Without the mission of Christ, there's no sugar. There's no, uh, there's no sugar. There's the, we're missing the key ingredient and the main thing that keeps it all together. See, there's some things that just aren't the same without the key ingredient. 
See, if you take Coke and you take the, the fizz out of it, you take the carbonation out of it, it's just flat. If you take peanut butter and jelly and take the bread out of it, it's a mess. That's right. If you take the Happy Meal and take the toy out, it's just sad. <laughs> but the world would be a better place without sour cream, mayonnaise, and cottage cheese, let me tell you. I don't know how anybody can eat that. That's nasty. It's like, ugh. And if you take relationship out of Christianity, guys, all you have is religion. And Christ didn't come for us to have religion. It was a personal, one-on-one relationship. It's all about relationship, guys. If a person wanted to take you to lunch but didn't want to get to know you, what kind of afternoon would that be? If a person said, hey, Jeff, I want to take you out and I want to spend some time with you, but I don't want to hear about your wife, I don't want to hear about your dogs, I don't want to hear about what you like to do, how could you get to know me? How can you know that, hey, I treat my dogs better than I, some people treat their kids. They got their own toy box. They got their own treat box. They tell me how much of the bed I can have at night. They're just, my, my dogs are like, they're just awesome. Me and my wife, we love to hike. We like to get out of town. We like to do things. So how could you know me if you didn't spend time to talk with me? See, guys, how can you get to know me and know my passions and what I'm passionate about and things that are close to my heart? And so many people come to church every week and they talk about Jesus and wanting his presence and his power in their life, but not his mission or his heart. And we wonder why we feel disconnected and out of touch. It's because we're not plugged into God's mission. We're not plugged into his heart, the lost. He came to reach out to those that are dying and hurting. Those that don't have a home, those don't have a place, those that feel outcast in society. He came for those people, his lost kids, guys. You can't want to know God and not know the heart of God. You can't want to be a follower of Christ and not be a part of the mission of Christ. So you can't be, have the fullness of God unless you're willing to walk in the purpose of God, guys. God has a purpose and plan for all of our lives, and it's more than coming here and having church. See, the missing ingredient is the mission, guys. It's the heart of God to reach the lost, to touch people's lives. Jesus came to reach the lost, to touch those that were hurting, that were broken, that are messed up, that everybody else wants to forget about. It's our job, guys, the Great Commission, to go out and share. Jesus said this in John 10.10, The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to fulfill it, to it overflows. The mission's always been, guys, about reconciliation, redemption, bringing salvation to lost man. God loves mankind, and he's willing, he was willing to send the best heaven had to offer, his son Jesus Christ, into a dark world to be a light to reach man. Church, if we're going to experience the passion of Jesus Christ, we're going to have to find his fulfillment and his purpose in our life, that missing ingredient. We have to embrace the mission of God, his purpose for our lives. To take up our cross and follow after Jesus doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Because there's going to be some people that don't want to hear what we have to say. They don't want what we have. But we're still going to have to reach out to them with the loving hand of the Father and say, you know what, that's okay, but God loves you anyway. Because we've been called to do more than just come in here and have church, but to touch people's lives. We have to embrace the heart of God, guys. There's no move of God without the mission of God. The church, we have a call to missions, and it's to reach out to the hurting in our community, our cities. See, it's not just just a matter of, of helping people and reaching out with the hands of hope. 
When we become the, the hands and feet of Jesus, guys, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. If you'll realize that, when, when we reach out to people and we touch people, it's, it's them seeing Jesus in our lives. Like Brother White says, you know, people need to see f- Jesus with flesh on. People need to see us acting in, in the Christ-like manner so they, they have a, a vision of who the Father is. We have to seize the opportunity, guys, because sometimes we're only going to get one chance to make a difference in someone's life, to make that impact. And if we can bond with the hurting, those in need, then our care, our mission, our service, it, comes, it becomes more than just a service. It becomes real ministry to people, guys, that they can see Christ in our lives and in our church. It's one thing to say you love me, and it's another thing to, to show me that you love me. You can always spot fake love, but you can't, you can't deny the real thing. Jesus, he didn't come to the healthy and to those in the high places, those that had everything. He came to the lowly. He came to those that were broken. He came to those that were in need, the outcasts. And Jesus says this in Mark 2 and 17. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. Jesus came with a mission to serve and save mankind. Jesus says again in Mark 10, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And when I think about that, I think about where Jesus, at the Last Supper, girded himself and he washed all of his disciples' feet. The perfect servant. Knowing that Judas was there and Judas was going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver to a cross. And Jesus was still willing to surrender his, his, you know, just his, who he was to be a servant. And he washed their feet. And he washed the feet of the guy that was going to betray him, knowing that he was going to betray him. And he still washed his feet. He still served. Man, what a, what a picture of the, the perfect servant right there. Church, we should become serving, reach out to our community, and not be self-serving. Sometimes it's the smallest, simplest acts that we can do that speak the loudest. You know, taking uh, someone that needs a ride to go get some medicine to, to across town to get a, uh, some groceries. The person that's uh, at the end of the month that's fell uh, short a few dollars and we take them and we help them get like some food for their, for their family or something. It's, it's those simple things, guys, that we can do that touches people, that speaks volumes in, our, in, in their lives. When, um, when my dad passed away, um, I was in the garage making a phone call, trying to make a phone call, and I called Brother John, because uh, he knew what to do in those situations and, and everything that needs to go along with that, and, um, and he came over, I'm glad he did, and, uh, and he came in and he took care, got on the phone, he took care of everything for us, and, and then him and Linda just went in our living room there in the kitchen, they sat down, they were quiet. You know, and they'd say some things every once in a while. But it was that quiet, quiet reserve of just a friend being there. You know, say, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you out. You guys, if, if we can realize it's not the big things in ministry we do sometimes that touches people's lives. It's the simple things. Giving them a hand when they're in need. Loving on them. That's Christ. It's the little things, guys. It speaks volumes to people. That spoke volumes to me that day. Mark says this in 1241. And he sat down opposite of the treasury and he saw how the crowds was casting money into the treasury. And many rich people were throwing in large sums. 
And a widow who was poverty stricken came up and put two copper mites, the smallest of coins, which together make a half a cent. And he called his disciples to him and he said to them, Truly and surely I tell you, this widow, she who is poverty stricken, has put more than all those contributing to the treasury. For they all threw in out of their abundance, but she out of her deep poverty has put in everything that she had, even all that she had which to live on. So Jesus is out by the treasury and he sees these guys coming with, with money and they're, they're throwing all this money into the treasury. And they're out of, their, out of their abundance, out of their riches, they're throwing it in. And then this little old lady who's poverty strucken comes and she throws in two mites. All that she had. And Jesus says, guys, come here, check this out. These guys are putting in all this money out of their abundance. Everything they have, their, their, their riches, they're putting in out of their abundance, what's left over. But this little lady, she's, po- she's in poverty. She comes and she's thrown in two mites. It's more than all these other guys it's put in because of her heart, guys. The sacrifice she was making from her heart. She didn't have it, but she put it in. It's easy to put $5 in, you know, if you got $50 in your pocket. But if you only got $5 to live on for the whole week, but she took what she had and she gave it, guys. And God saw the sacrifice in that. And see, so we, might, we might not be a big church. We might not have a lot of people. There might be not be a lot of things that we can do right now to really reach out and touch people. But if we'll be willing to give what we have, yes, all that we have to the Lord and offer it to him, Lord, will take what we t- have and he'll take it and he'll multiply it. He'll take it and he'll use it to reach people, guys. Yeah. It's not about the big things we do. It's a heart condition, guys. If we'll give God what we have with the right heart, he'll take that two mites, guys, and he can grow it, he can multiply it, because he sees the sacrifice behind it. Without sacrifice, there's no reward. I've met people in serving, if they couldn't be up front, if it didn't have any prestige to it, they didn't want to do it. See, because they had a bad heart condition. It was about them. See, Colossians says this, though. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as though you're working for the Lord and not for people. Remember, the Lord will give you as a reward what he has kept for his people, for Christ is the real master you serve. See, guys, it doesn't matter if we're up front, we're in a big ministry, we're in a little ministry, we're washing toilets, or we're vacuuming, or we're in the nursery. Let me tell you something. The lady in the nursery that's holding the baby is doing her job. She's just as important as me being behind this pulpit speaking to you today. Because that baby she's holding, maybe that mom or that dad's in here today that needs an encouraging word. Maybe they're in a bad place and they need to hear something to give them life. The Bible says to do it as you're doing it unto the Lord. She's just as important as me up here. Brother Roy, out on the streets, ministering to the people that are in need and feeding them is just as important as me being up here giving you a word today. Because God's, he has compassion for the lost. He has compassion for those hurting guys. And it doesn't matter the size of our job, what gifts, what talents we have. If we're just willing to serve and realize we're doing it unto the Lord. We're not doing it for man's approval. We're not doing it for man's favor. We're doing it to glorify our Lord because we love him and we want to serve him. There's a lot of people that's self-serving. They have alternative motives to their service to the Lord. 
It's not genuine. It doesn't come from the right place or the right heart. They want to be identified with Christ, but not Christ's mission or his heart. Christ's mission includes cross-bearing, guys. There's going to be times that you're going to have to carry your cross. And it might not be easy. Uh, people might not like you. It might be tough. It's going to be hard to make a sacrifice sometimes when you've got other things going on and, and someone needs you to come and minister to them, to encourage them, to maybe give them the ride to go, to go get some food or to pull from your pocket to help them out. It's going to be some cross-bearing in, in some of our relationships with, with Christ and with people. But Jesus said this in Mark, uh, Matthew in 10, 38. And he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me, guys. We're going to have to follow after Christ. If we're going to be worthy of Christ's mission, we're going to have to carry our cross. We're going to have to fulfill his purpose and plan. We're going to have to follow after him. We're going to have to love like him. We're going to have to reach out like him. Basically, we're going to have to play follow the leader, and Christ is our leader. The mission matters, guys. Jesus was the silent service. He came down from heaven and left all of the glory to come down to take on this human flesh, this human nature that he could save man from their sins. Luke says this in 632 in the NIV. It says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those who, uh, from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies and do good to them and lead them uh, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And as I looked at that portion of Scripture, I thought about, man, how Jesus practiced what he preached. He said, if you love those who love you, what credit is to you? And Christ left the love of the Father in heaven. And he came down to save man, people who would not love him back. And he says, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that? And Christ did good to those that would deny him, that would walk away from him, that would leave him. And he says, but love your enemies and do good to them. And Christ loved his enemies. He went to the cross for them. And even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he said, lend to them without expecting anything back. And Jesus paid for man's sin upon the cross, knowing that man could never repay that debt. There was no way man could ever repay that debt. And Christ willingly went to the cross to pay man's sin debt. And he says, your reward will be great. And then Jesus is glorified at the right hand of the Father today, making intercessions for you and me. See, Jesus humbled himself for the plan of God. He took the mission of God for you and for me. See, church, a lot of people who claim Christ and say they're a part of the mission, who, who yell it, who shout it in the church house, I wonder how their life is when they come down off that shout, when they come down off of yelling it. What's your life like when you go back out these doors, when you go back out to your job, when you go back out to your home? What is your life saying then? Is it still real to you? Is it still a part of who you are? It's, is the mission of God still a part of your life when you go outside this church? Does your real life really show Christ, or is it just talk that sounds good in here on Sundays? Do we really mean what we say? Is the mission of Jesus and his heart really a part of our lives, guys? We have a mission as a church, and it's to reach out to the lost, 
to the broken, to the hurting, outside these four walls and not sitting here and become spiritually fat while the world dies and goes to hell around us on the outside. We have to realize God has a mission plan and it matters and it's for us to go out and take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the streets to help people in need, not with just food and money, but with the spirit of God to let them know God loves them and he can change their course, he can change their life if they'll just submit and surrender to God's will and purpose. Jen, if you guys wanted to come back up. We can't leave out the main ingredient in God's church, guys, and expect to grow. The main ingredient is his mission. We have, the mission has value to it. Jesus places value on people. Jesus has a big heart. Jesus could identify with the people that he was ministering to, those that were hurting, those that were in need, those that were broken. Isaiah 53 says this. He was a man that had no beauty that we would desire him. In other words, there was nothing about Christ that would attract you to him. He was despised. He was rejected. He was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. In church, we must be willing to identify with the needs of the lost in our community here in 2017. To know that there's people out there that are hungry that we have a food closet and you know we want to give away food and there's people that need clothes and we want to give away clothes you know we want to touch their lives and then there's people that's hooked on drugs and alcohol and all these things and then we can identify with them because we can minister to that need in their life see guys there's a spiritual need and there's a physical need and as the church we need to be able to to meet both the needs in people's lives but the main need is to get them to Christ to get their spiritual need met. Because if you get your spiritual life uh, right, the, the physical life will come in alignment. Thank you, Lord. When the church stops identifying with the mission of Christ, we no longer have the heart of the Father, guys. And this church will be self-centered and all it will be, will, uh, it'll be a religious gathering. That's all it'll be. The mission matters, guys. Jesus came for the lost. He was on mission. At the very center of his heart was the Father. And at the very center of this church, guys, we have to have the heart of the Father to touch people's lives. It's like the Blues Brothers said, we're on a mission from God. God has given us a mission, guys, a mandate to go out and touch people's lives. And guys, here in 2017, we have to be on a mandate to reach people, to touch their lives. Jesus said this in Matthew 25 and 35. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you cared for me. And I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and we, we gave you hospitality, or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick and in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of these, the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. See, church, when we touch people, we touch God. We touch the very heart of God. And I tell you, the church has got to get back where they want the heart of God in their church, in their life, in their mission. It's the plan that God has for the church. It's not just coming and sitting here. 
He's got a mission plan for us to do and he wants us all to engage in it. And we're not very big, but that's okay because God sees our heart. And if we're willing to, to go after the lost, if we're willing to go out and touch his lost kids, he's passionate about reaching his lost kids, guys. And we have that mission, we have that mandate to do that. And we're going to do everything we can this year to try to invest in things to reach people. Because I believe if we'll invest in the heart of God, then God's going to show up in this church and do great and mighty things because he's going to show up where you're doing his work. Guys, being connected to the mission of God changes everything in your life. It changes everything in your relationship with him. It changes everything in your church experience. The mission of God matters, guys. Get involved in the mission of Jesus and you'll find purpose. You'll find purpose in serving, purpose in helping, purpose in living. When I come to church now, it's not like, ah, I gotta go to church. It's, I get to go to church today. I get to be a part of what God's doing. I get to be a part of the mission that God's doing here in Woodland in 2017 and touching people's lives. Christ is coming back soon, guys, and we, we need to be involved in that mission plan. Don't be like the Apostle Paul. Don't get knocked off your spiritual high horse because you're on the wrong mission. You're on the wrong plan. A lot of people are doing their own thing, their own mission in these last days and thinking it's okay and, and God's gonna bless it. Don't let the Lord have to come up and slap you in the face and knock you off your horse. Submit your will, submit your ways to the Lord. Lord, what are you asking of me? What are you wanting for me to do? Find that place with God, guys, that he can touch your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord is your savior, I would like to introduce you to him. And if you're here today, guys, and you've been doing your own mission, you've been doing your own plan, you've been on your own course, and you messed it up, Jesus is the one to fix it. He's the one to get you back on course, to fix the things in your life. And if you're here today, guys, and your heart's just been kind of disconnected from God, God's saying, come back unto me. I can fix that heart. He's the master potter, guys. He can fix the clay in our lives that's been broken if we'll just submit our wills and our ways to him. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for your life, and it's better than you can think or even imagine. And if you're sick in body today, we want to pray for you. So if you're here this morning and, and you'd like prayer, we'd like to, I'd like to invite you up right now to come up and get prayer.